right, here we go. Episode two, Australia East Coast Invasion. Today it's James Sacker. We talk intelligent whales, lobster boys, and obviously laughter. It's James Sacker. If you're brand new here to the podcast, welcome to the Noob Spiro. This is the show where we interview spearfishing experts, authorities, and characters from around the world. Today, I was spoiled to be in person, staying with James Sacker. For this interview, we were at the pub having a few brews, and a subsequent conversation ensues. There's a bit of shark controversial chat. There's We talk monster eastern lobsters and his YouTube channel, Catch It, Grow It, Cook It. Check it out. Catch It, Grow It, Cook It on YouTube. Subscribe now. This guy has been a stalwart in the Australian spearfishing community for a couple of decades now. And he's an absolute character. Really like him. He's uh, I can actually call him a friend now and I really love hanging out with him and I'll be going back to stay with him again and again. Um, today, a bit of a massive intro. I've got two voice messages that I want to play you. First one, Derek Tan. Second one, Bert Calder from Old Man uh, Blue. Check these guys out. Check what they've got to say out. Let's have a listen. Derek, what's he got to say? Hi, Shrek. Derek, the Gyotaku guy here from Western Australia. I've been enjoying your latest episodes. Keep them coming, buddy. Just want to thank you for putting me on to Sean Vick's Basic Yoga for Beginners. It has helped me loosen up my creaky bones and tough sinews to start my day. Also, I've been frenzily equalizing on my drive to work for a while now, and uh, I've just discovered that I can now hands-free equalize on land. So now I incorporate a hands-free equalization into every yoga breath. Hopefully, one day, I'll be able to hands-free equalize in the water. Can't wait for the next episode. Cheers, Rick. Thanks, Derek. Awesome, mate. Check him out, Derek Giyotaku, on Instagram. Let's also hear from another WA bloke and another frothing Spiro, Old Man Blue. Here we go, Bert. Hello, guys. Bert here from Old Man Blue. Just finished listening to Will um, from Aquagat. Really good episode. Loved this podcast. Guy's really passionate, and he knows a lot about his spear guns and his field, and all the mistakes and the things he's learned along the way to share all that knowledge was great. Thank you, Will. Appreciate that, mate. One of the things I also liked was that poor man paid twice. What a good um, thing to cover because so many times we buy things twice, three times, cheap, and you keep buying. And I like his philosophy of making gear that works, been well-researched, tested. All the research and development has been done and you end up with a product that you know that will last for years and years. Great bloke, great principles, all round. Definitely going to look out and see if I can see an aquagut, maybe someone who's got one, and have a go at it. I think it'll be interesting to try one in the water. Um, now, Shrek, mate, thank you so much for giving Noob Spiros as a platform for small business owners like myself, Will, and so many other people that you've had on your show Mate, you've stood behind so many of us and our dreams and our passions and giving us a platform and a voice to tell people about things that we make, what we love. And, mate, you're a gentleman to do this. That's it's great. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's it for me. Guys, happy hunting. Only the best here from Old Man Blue. Bye. Kind words from the fellas there. And uh, awesome to be making a difference. And, you know, uh, I love... I love niche creators in our in our realm, and I 100% encourage you to get out and support guys making awesome stuff. And uh, Aquaga and Old Man Blue, both two examples of that. Another example of that is Penetrator, Penetrator Fins. 
You can go to penetratorfins.com. You can use the code NoobSparrow and save $20 on any pair of fins. Uh, there's NoobSparrow um, Customs there. One customer recently bought a pair. He said these things are nice. Very well made, very high quality, cooler than the next guy at half the price they should be. Win, win, win. And that's from Lee. Uh, he bought a pair of Penetrator Carbon Fiber Blades in a medium, and he's absolutely loving them, so I'm stoked that Lee's enjoying that. Another couple of quick product reviews. Um, one of the boys brought a Jobfish tribute shirt up on NoobSparrow.com. He says, I think your podcast is great. I'm on episode 66, and Turbo and Shrek are freaking hilarious. Freaky fast shipping also to the Midwest of the USA and a very nice quality tea. And Alan says, Epic Gear, dude, the shirts are awesome. I ordered two and I have a real hard time choosing which one to wear. My wife said I should have ordered seven so I didn't have to stress out about it when they go in the wash. On a more serious note, the artwork is great. The quality of the material and the print is top notch too. I can only highly recommend. He bought um, some Jobfish tribute shirts as well. Check them out, noobsparrow.com. Other ways you can support the show... Go to patreon.com forward slash noobspiro, join 50 other legends helping to power trips exactly like this one. Let's get into it. East Coast Adventure Part 2, James Sacker. Let's do it. I can't wait to get into today's episode, brought to you with proud partner, adreno.com.au. The Noobsphere podcast has been partnering with adreno.com.au for more than 100 episodes, and these guys are awesome. They have uh, huge spearfishing mega stores all over the country. You can shop online or in store. Use the code Noobspero whenever you spend more than $200, and you will automatically save $20. That's right. Use the code Noobspero online or in store when you spend more than $200 and save $20. Bucks. I love these guys. I remember the first time I brought a spear gun at adreno.com.au down at the Wollongabba store, and Adreno have been a huge part of the excitement that I have about spearfishing. Check them out at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpero to save. Neptonics was founded in 1996, making trigger mechs in a barn in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Solid gear that works was their founding principle and it still rings true today in every pull of a Neptonics trigger, in every snap of a Neptonics band, and in every whiz of a Neptonics spear gun reel, singing with the power of another big fish. We've got a great deal, you can use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off anything and everything at Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. Save 10% off any order at Neptonics.com when you use the code NOOB10. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, boys. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, what a brilliant dive. Mm. Luckily, you had an expert that knew 100%. exactly where to take you so you wouldn't get any lobsters. <laughs> Trip under pressure. He oh. performed as well. Oh. I did pull two lobsters, I'll have you know. <laughs> Don't forget that. I did pull two. Yeah, check check the footage out. We're going to try and put some footage in here um, of those Two lobsters. different species. Mm. I think they were the same two I was looking at earlier that I showed Cam. Yeah, you couldn't get them too big. No, I could get them. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't tackle them. No, that's okay. It's I a, never want to damage them when they're it's, little. It's a skill. But you did it without damaging them. They were all good there. Feelers yeah. were intact. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah. And then we just abandoned them. I coaxed them out on the, the sand. Of nowhere so that they that get brim, Did you see that brim nail? No. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Probably. Just kidding. No Probably. lobsters were harmed in the making of this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're day three on our mission, Cam. Um, and we caught up with James this morning for a lobster dive off Cops Harbour. We were hoping to catch some eastern rock lobster for our cooking class that we're doing tomorrow. Um, but it looks like we're down to frozen tails. We are. We are down to frozen tails. We'll be cooking a couple of different species. The eastern rock lobster and uh, 
and the uh, couple of tropicals. Yeah, so, nice. yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the reality of spearing too. Like it is. sometimes you're eating frozen yeah. food, so yeah, we're still going to do lobster three ways though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're yeah. going to smoke some mackerel. Smoke some mackerel. We're going to have some fish tacos. Oh, look at this. Here comes a beautiful, oh. beautiful feed. What are we going to do? We're going to have to. We're going to have to eat. That's got to at least show the show the burger. Tomato sauce, fantastic. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I think we'll be just taking a short, a short, a short, a short, short meal break. I'm not. Yeah, we'll just pause it. All right, here we go. Uh, where were we before? Um, burgers. <laughs> we're eating burgers. All right. Have I got sauce all through my beard? Yeah, like, no, you don't. You don't. And I don't. You can't tell. You, you, you've got the disguise. I'm going to have barbecue or like chili or something yeah yeah mayonnaise yeah. That would, that'd be a bad look for you mayonnaise would be brought fine for me yeah. go right into this nice white santa beard yeah 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 where is he ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't come up though does he he spends more time on the bottom than he does buddy um on the surface yes well that's yeah. what we were talking about our very challenging lobster dive mm-hmm. And, and you know, unfortunate, yeah. You picked a week of the worst East Coast low for the year to come and do your travels, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it, no. It did look pretty sharky out there. It did look the sharky. It wasn't good. And it I was did. like, oh, fuck, we're it on the did. edge. And when you can hear the whales calling, you know, yeah. their, their intelligent song of the whales. <laughs> you know, so, oh no, they're very intelligent creatures, whales. And if you had a kid that sat in the corner and went oh, all day, you'd think he was a rocket scientist too. <laughs> Unlike a lot of people, I don't have a lot of respect for the intelligence of the whale, particularly the humpback. Do you believe we need to bring back whaling? No, I don't believe we need to bring back whaling. I don't, I don't kill. I don't kill things just because I think they're unintelligent. Yeah. You know. But uh, some of the, like, whale, let's talk about whales and boating and spearing. I mean, this time of the year, it is hardcore yeah. whale season. They're thick, aren't they? They are thick. As, they're in yeah, close, thick. too. Like they're, they're very close. Yeah. And um, at my place, they come in with their calves. Um, and sometimes you're standing there with a spear gun, and everyone's standing on the bench, you're going, oh, look at the whale and the calf. And then you're standing there with a spear gun. Wait <laughs> till these people disperse before you swim out because you don't want to get a bad rap, you know, yeah. like you're uh, going to go out and smack one of these humpbacks. Overpopulated, I'm going out for some Japanese harpoon. <laughs> yeah, fill the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Mongrel to slab up. But anyway, yeah, no, they, we were fishing the other day, my mate Chris, big Chris, that's uh, a star on Lobster Boys. Sorry, yeah. we'll put that little plug in on my YouTube. Hey, do it, do it. Yeah, so... Um, catch it, grow it, cook it, isn't Catch it, grow it, cook it, yeah. Lobster Boys, you've Lobster done a series. Lobster Boys. There's about 13 videos something, something like that, yeah, yeah. They're all just giant, huge, huge craze. Huge ones, which you have to let go. Yeah. But also, oh. uh, yeah. But it, you see us catch and release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, but um, yeah, so we had whales just coming past us, and we've had them at times, like, rub themselves on the anchor rope, and their skin is like a black garbage bag. You wouldn't think that. You think they're like this huge, thick skin. Yeah. But when you get in the water, there's all these pieces like black plastic. Oh, wow. Really thin. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Why do they rub it off? Have they got parasites I on them? I guess. Or? Yeah, or they're just like... Ooh. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure why whales do anything. Uh, yeah. But they don't mind rubbing the anchor over your boat, which is not very, very good. Another time... Um, just uh, down the road from here, Big Gregory and myself. Shout out to Big Greg. He's just had the flu and been in hospital. Oh, so, yeah, bugger. nasty, poor bugger. But anyway, we were there. We were watching them off uh, Yurunga. 
mother and calf and had the old Tahatsu two-stroke and it likes to idle, you know, not. As soon as we start idling, just watching it, the motor just cut out and that doesn't yeah. matter. We're just watching. So as soon as the motor stopped, the whales come over to us and this calf is jumping everywhere. Oh, thanks very much for that. Cuppers arrived. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, is that the cat? That's yep. The decaf for the modern, you know. We had to make an intelligible interview, so we switched yeah. to coffee instead switched of to beer. Switched to coffee. Coffee and beer. Beers will come back later, though. Coffee and beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, a du a it duet. Be, it could be a trend. But anyway, yeah, we were so watching this, this mother and its calf come straight over to my little tinny. And the calf proceeded to jump all around the tinny, like splashing us. Oh, wow. And mum's lying on the back, you know, they do the big fin slapping. Yeah. And I've got a photo of the fin coming down, and you can see the gunwale of the boat, and the fin's coming down, smacking the water. That's how close it was. Oh, we're going, right. get the fucking tuats, we're going, no, no, back, no, no, no. You know, like pulling a pull start on the tuatsu, if you don't do it exactly right. You know, hold your face the right way when you're doing it. <laughs> Old Toey won't start. So anyway, we finally got it going and got out, got out of dodge. So, yeah. All right. Did you give them a fright when it finally fired up? Big backfire, no doubt. No, I don't, they just didn't seem to care. We just drove away from them. You know, they just left them, left them to their thing. Have you ever, have you, have you ever been a person that's um, swam to them rather than let them come to you? I, uh, well, that, that would incriminate myself, but but let, let's just hypothetically say yeah. I did with Dodgy one day down at Port Stevens. Um, we wanted to get one on, on on film, so he dropped me off in front of these in front of these whales, and I'm going, Dodgy, where's the whales? <laughs> you know. So anyway, I looked down, and it was pretty dirty, green water, mm. and there's a calf straight underneath me. And I got the camera running, the old oh, yeah. the old old video camera, and Mum's underneath the calf. And then I dived down a little bit to get the footage of it. It was pretty close underneath me. Next thing, this huge, the whale tail's coming up. And I was like, whoa, back off. A little whirlpool's coming off the yeah. side of the tail. So, yeah. But I'll tell you another story. My mate up at Evans Head, who I won't name, swam over to a whale to have a look at it. And he saw it just pull its head down. And he thought, oh, no. And he dived. And the thing turned tail slapped where he was and chased him and... T tried to tail slap him three times. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he will not they be swimming near any whales. They don't like being approached. I think um, that's the message of the story. It's, it's not a le it's not legal either. But I've swam it's over top legal. of them. They were only just off the boat, so I only had to swim like twenty meters. But come yeah. up over top of them, and their body language when they were coming at me from below, yeah, was just not the same as when they initiated. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I had one black black out the sun at Tweed Heads one day. I was down. I was on a nine mile or one of those reefs, probably pulling about a seven or eight metre dive, something like that. No, anyway, I was a little bit deeper than that. And, and the thing that just went black, and I was like, like that, because I always think, oh, it's a big shark or something like that. Yeah. And the humpback had just swum straight over the, blocked out the sun, and was just gliding, you know, through this crystal clear Beautiful. Tweed Heads water. So that was, yeah, that was magnificent. That would have been a rare Tweed day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was rare for me. I don't get to dive much clear water, but yeah. So that was um, that was the thing. But the most I'll tell you the my scariest whale story. I was at Fingal Island at um, Port Stephens where I learnt to to dive. And I was by myself, and it was very green. And there's this tumble down rocks like a underwater break wall. Okay. 
and I had the old Seahorn. That's how early it was in the in the in the in the in the thing. And I and I shot a tailor, which would also tell you how early because I wouldn't shoot one now. Anyway, I shot this oh, tailor. Oh, okay, good in the smoker. Ah, yeah. I mean, they're all right. You know, they're all right. But not not the sort of thing I I, I have to eat now. Yeah, so I'm James Sacker, I only <laughs> eat green jobs. Yeah, that's right. And, and I only eat the. I'll, I'll eat a little slice off the pectoral fin and then throw the rest away. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got me. You got me. Yeah, coral trout cheeks. You know. I need eight to get a meal. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not quite that bad. But um, anyway, so I'm now on this underwater break wall, and I just shot this tailor. So the gun's unloaded, and I got this tailor kicking on the spear, and I'm facing towards the wall, and I had this incredible feeling of dread and foreboding, you know, and I I spun around, and there's this pointy nose and huge pectoral fins just coming straight in at me. And it looked for all money like a huge great white, just the right shape, the pointy nose and yeah. the big pectoral fins, like that. And all I could do was go, <laughs> literally, I froze. I went straight to black, you know, well. like absolutely screamed. And then it turned on me. It was so close. Mm. It was like a metre and a half or two metres away from me. Yeah. And as it turned, I could see that it had a horizontal tail, not a vertical tail. So it's a friggin' minky whale. You know, about six, six, six seven metre long minky whale. Holy moly. Yeah, and I could grab the tail. It was that close to me. That would have given me a hell of a fright too. I, oh. I can't blame you for freezing. Oh. That's one of the, that's seriously one of the most freaked out times I've ever, ever been. But uh, that Fingal Island... It had some special stuff. My mate Dodgy, my good mate Dodgy, like we started diving together. We did, did lots of diving together and we're diving in one of his boats off the front of, I think it's called Shark Island, a little island off the front of Fingal Island. And this is before the Marine Park days because I'm not sure if, if you're even allowed to dive this spot anymore. This is all Port Stevens. All Port Stevens, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're there and Dodgy's dived down and um, oh, I've just shot at a, a black leather jacket, another species I wouldn't bother to eat now. <laughs> but anyway, look, oh, I just, you know, there's just yes. better things. Better. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Mm, anyway, yeah. so I've got the sea hornet and the shaft's hanging out, you know, on the end of the jink eye. Mm. And Dodgy's just seen this pilot fish. He's down about whatever he is, seven or eight metres or whatever. On the, and we're on the, up against a straight rock wall bombing that's coming out of the water. So yep. we can't go anywhere backwards. He's come up and this pilot fish has come past him and then the biggest bull shark you can imagine, like as big as they get. It was an absolute monster. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger one in the water than that one. Yeah, wow. Well. He comes up and goes, big, biggest, biggest, biggest bull shark I've ever seen. You're like, all righty, you know, like that. And then I look down between my fins and there's his head like a tiger, like the size of a tiger, you know, really big, broad head just coming straight up, but not fast, but straight up just off my fin tips like that and I was like ah! I just all I could do is roll over and try to bang it on the nose with the butt of the sea hornet no I just turned it sideways and it wasn't aggressive yeah thankfully you know but it was again it was like oh and it was in the early days you know and you haven't got much shark experience and it's like ooh. how far down to the bull sharks range well, definitely we'd see him at Port Stephens. He used to, um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos of Tom Marie Headland where the people would land base game fish, yeah. um, catch big cobia and tuna and stuff like that. <clears throat> and it's at the entrance to Port Stephens. So you still got warm water down there? Yeah, yeah, you get warm water in summer. Well, the big bull sharks would park themselves up there and eat these guys' fish. <laughs> So once they'd tire them out, they'd come up and smash them on the surface. And they'd call them tigers, but they weren't. They were giant, giant bull sharks. They were over three metres and just 
like mm. two and a half metres yeah. wide, you know. It's huge. They get things. fat at the front, eh, and the nose. Fat. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I've, I've went in and filmed them there, and I never had them be – I didn't – well, not shooting any fish. No, they weren't aggressive at all to me. They just sort of, you know. Oh, yeah. Make the whale sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you don't make the whale sound. <laughs> you know, you don't make the whale sound. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Are you following at Old Man Blue Dive on Instagram yet? Bert Calder, creator of the Old Man Blue Dive gear, is an absolute legend. They are people that froth on the sparing life and intentionally make super hard wearing and practical gear that will stand the test of time. Visit oldmanblue.com.au and check out a bunch of tough, robust equipment made by people that are just as passionate about spearing as you are. oldmanblue.com.au Nubis, good news. Did you know that every pair of penetrator fins receives a protective layer of Kevlar 49 multi-axial reinforcement? You don't even know what that means. It means that it prevents chips and cracking. It means you're going to get longevity out of your fins. And that's exactly what you need when you're spending some dollars on some good fins. Visit penetratorfins.com. Get yourself a pair of reinforced, super tough fins with beyond industry warranty at penetratorfins.com. Use the code NoobSpirit to save $25 on any pair of penetrator blades that's right use the code noobspare to save $25 on any pair of blades at penetratorfins.com learn from the best Adam Stern's courses at freedivingfamily.com are written and presented by some of the world's best freedivers and most experienced instructors lessons learned come from years of freediving and teaching at the highest levels and are now condensed and available for everyone go to freedivingfamily.com use the code SPIRO and you get 20% off any course. Now there's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel, Hands-Free Equalization, there's Mouthful and Deep Frenzel Equalization, even by finning Essentials. Get that finning technique right. It's the one percenters that make the difference in spearing and allow you to have more time on the bottom and you feel better even doing it. Go to freedivingfamily.com and use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Adam Stern's courses at freedivingfamily.com. So Cam and I were just saying like, it's been an amazing privilege to come down here and dive with blokes like you. And yesterday it was Tommy Dawes uh, from the Coffs Club and his brothers and mates and stuff. And we met up with a bunch of them at the pub yesterday. Cam had a bit of a shark experience too yesterday. I'd love for him to and you to sort of go through what happened and what sort of shark you think it was. I'll just show. You. I'll just bring it up on the old on the old camera that you've downloaded from from the uh, GoPro footage. I'll give it to you and you can have a look. Um, basically, I've hit this, there you go, I've hit this, uh, I don't know what size, I thought it was a pretty good size kingy, and then I'm stoked because the first one I got slipped off the hook, and then as I'm pulling it up, I'm like, yep, got tension on it, this fucking shark comes in and bangs it from below, and yep. I was watching him, watching him, watching him, but also coming back up and trying to pull it away, and I'm like, hey, yeah. it's not really going to help pulling it away, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. get it one way or the other, yeah. or it's going to come closer to me, Yeah. what do you reckon? Oh, look, this, being the time of the year that it is, yeah. um, and the, its tail, it's obviously some sort of whaler because it's got that tail. It's mm. not a white. Um, it's probably not a bull shark by now because they've gone back to Queensland. They usually leave about the end of May. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. They come down in November mm. and they head back in May. Okay. The tagging and stuff has shown that in the the um the uh listening stations so they're picking them up oh, wow. doing their migration yeah, right. so so yeah which is good but yeah those duskies probably most likely a dusky whaler it didn't have the big giant dorsal fin because the other one that you get out here is a sandbar whaler and they've got a very very big distinctive yeah. dorsal fin. are either of them aggressive 
Well, they're very aggressive to fish. Yeah, but to us. <laughs> oh, look. Um, they yeah. yeah, sandbars. I've had a, 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 a real funny one with Dodgy again one day. We were out at, um, at, at home and um, we were burling out on one of the deep reefs. The sandbars tend to be out wider. They're not really on the coast. Right. Usually about two kilometres or more. How many K were offshore are we? Yeah, a lot. probably three k off, four k off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're into the sand. It was just off an island, but it was it was a fair few k's offshore. Yeah, yeah. You're into the sandbar country out there. Yeah. They yeah. like that bit deeper water. I found. Yeah, he came just, from nowhere. It was like he yeah, was just yeah, sitting yeah. there waiting for us to do the work for him. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah. <laughs> Is the sandbar the same as the sand tiger? No, the sand tiger's are like a grey nurse. Oh, righto. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, right. yeah. No, no, sandbars are like it's a whaler, but very, very distinctive. You, They're more broad too, aren't they? A uh, bit stockier. No, not really. No, they're a reasonably sleek, but it's that really, really big dorsal fin, yeah, like right. out of proportion dorsal okay. fin. So you can't, you won't mistake one. When you see one, you go, oh, that's a sandbar. Okay, so yeah. same sort of nose and... Like, like a like typical whaler. Yeah, yeah. And they're a light grey sort of colour. That colour that you're, is yours, like yeah. this, he's, he's the colour of him, it's a bit hard to tell, but he looks a little bit more like the sandbar colour, yeah, right. but I couldn't see the big dorsal fin. Yeah. Whereas the duskies, which is the other common whaler, especially in winter, they seem to just turn up on the coast. In winter and spring, what's your advice? So I'm still still very much a noob. Yeah. Um, learning, getting getting my first few kingies, having a ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, disappointed I couldn't bring that one home, but tells a good story. Oh. You know. Either way, what would you do in that uh, okay. situation? We look. You, you try to. Well, kingfishers. It's a hard fish to do because you just can't horse them into yourself. Mm. They they can be very dangerous. You can get dragged to the bottom by them, wrapped up, dragged to the bottom, which has happened to a person I've been diving with. Oh, and, um, yeah, you can get into trouble with them. So, you, And also you'll pull shafts out of them or break gear or stuff like that. So they're not the sort of fish that you can just whip up to you. So normally, especially if there's shark, you want to pull them up as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, if you're in multiple divers and you've talked about it and it's, it is sharky and you're already aware of it, as soon as someone shoots the fish, the other diver should be going down. Yeah. <laughs> because a, a, a diver close to the fish is likely to... to give you more time yeah. and to make the shark think twice, oh, you know, am I going to get this fish or not? Yeah, right. Um, I, think, I, I don't think you could do much there because I think that happened I'd, too quickly. I'd just throw in a fish over the boat, I think. Was that was that, that spot? Yeah, you, were, you were throwing pilchards at him. <laughs> no, nah, that was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I looked at Cam's footage and I was back sort of towards the boat and uh, he, the thing I didn't like about Cam's footage was he shoots the fish and you see the shark coming in and then Cam's got his head out of the water looking around and I'm just like, I don't take my head out of the water when I see a shark in yeah. aggressive mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to tell yeah. you. I'm like trying to look after my mates. Yeah. And don't look after my mates. Look after number one, eh? It's oh, all your advice is. You're the one in close <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should be. Yeah. You should always be watching them and for just, sure. Just because, them. because the sharks are very aware of whether you are or aren't looking at them. Right. Okay. They, they are intimidated to a degree by eye contact. So always look at them. Yeah. The other thing that will often buy you a little bit of time is to roar as loudly as you can underwater. Oh, speaking of which, I've, I've come up and I'm like, shark! Yeah, that, that won't do you and any good. Shark! Shark! There's a shark in there. I think Bruce yelled out to all his mates to come yeah. over. He's like, I've got a prepubescent boy here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, look, uh, another thing that I found as well is like, it is naturally natural to be afraid mm in that situation, right? It's just, you're stupid if there's not some part of you that goes, oh, this is dangerous, you know? But what I used to do is turn my fear into aggression. Yeah. So I, and I, I think it's like with dogs as well, uh, the sharks are very 
are good at reading your body language, mm. your reactions and all the rest of it. I'm not saying for a moment you did anything wrong there. I reckon what happened to you yeah. is that thing, like, just get this out of the way, I reckon that that shark just come in and smash that fish before you could do anything. So, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Oh, thanks, so you didn't, you didn't have a chance. You didn't do anything wrong, yeah. you know, wrong in, in inverted commas. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned as well um, before that, you know, they're a lot like dogs. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, like, like um, for a start, when you put your fins on, you're about nine foot long yep. underwater with the long fins on, and you're a big unit. Well, Shrek's a big unit. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a medium-sized yeah. unit, you know. Um, but you're a big animal in the water, and... Uh, you can compete with, with sharks. Sharks, you know, they have a hierarchy between themselves, but they also respect size balls out size aggression. aggression. Yeah. Balls out aggression. Um, the, the only exception to that is probably bull sharks, where you can trigger a bad response from them by being too aggressive to them. That's a good question. So, or yeah. one that I've always thought of. If you're gonna, you're not gonna. Um, like fire your weapon at them just because you want to keep that shaft in there. Let's say you haven't already shot a fish, but you want to be able yeah. to have something to push them away and it's nice and pointy. Yeah, yeah. But is it good just to, you know, bump them to push them or is it should you absolutely smash them? 100%. Because I don't want to piss them off and they're like, oh, I'm going to bite you because you've pissed me off. No, no, no. So that's that's where I, I said the caveat with the bull shark. Right. Uh, you poking them can make them turn around and snap really okay. badly at you um but having said that i'd still reckon that's it's a better option if it's being aggressive to you if a bull shark is just swimming past you yeah. just let it keep swimming past you you know keep your eyes on it and all the rest of it mm. um when you've got fish on the yelling is really good for the first charge in when the shark first comes in especially if you're re reasonably close and it's as, as loud as you can possibly roar just quick and sharp like that yeah. like that and they'll just like whoa shit because they're not used to hearing yeah. noises like that and they'll Trouble. usually get one turn like they'll turn back they won't stop them the second time yeah, but yeah. It'll, especially if you've got a fish in your hands and you're on the surface and they're coming up to you which is more dangerous because you haven't got the gun mm. you know or you've got the unloaded gun and the spear and you're trying to hold a fish and they're coming up when they get about three or four foot off your fins yeah. just lean down and just rawr, like that and that will turn them easily Nearly said a, than done though you've no, got a fish you, blood in the water and you're thinking fuck I like my fingers the way they are but you know what's better <laughs> is to think give yourself a better chance yeah so yeah. like that and I always reckon like turn that fear into aggression so every time we were talking before about seeing great whites yeah. so I've seen quite a few great whites yeah what was it of, 15 or something I think of at least 15 oh, I've seen straight, straight up yeah. and um they do not like aggression and and um yeah, right. if you're straight onto them and you charge them they will leave every yeah, right. single time so far you know I'm not saying that it would, would always work but yeah they've been they're a very very um very timid very timid cautious shark mm. but very sneaky they have rigid like um hierarchy challenges as well as mm. far as I'm aware with great whites like oh yeah I've, yeah I've listened and watched a couple of vids and stuff and they talk about like two sharks of similar size will swim beside yep. each other yep. and the one that swims off first is the one that's the submissive one yep and then yep. the, the larger one keeps going and stuff like that um, those types of displays are obvious and evident throughout the animal kingdom for people that observe them all the time but for mm. the, in the underwater world most of us aren't spending that much time in the water to learn this stuff. Mm. Um, the, I was going to say the other thing I've learned is that larger sharks are large because they're smart. And generally being smart in the water is being cautious. Because if a large shark gets wounded in any way, it ruins its um, ability to catch a meal, to compete with its peers. So th they've got big because they've been cautious a lot of the time. Is that sort of oh, what your take on it? Especially if you think about a grey white, the sort of prey that they're eating when they're big, well, when I say big, say three metres 
plus. Um, seals and things that are really well capable of biting them and doing them some damage, you know, around the gills or their eyes or whatever like that. And like you said, it's going to ruin their, ruin their day if that happens to them. And I think that's also why they're very sneaky. You know, they're always trying to be behind you and not to be seen, see you but not to be seen. Um, and they're incredibly well camouflaged. You just watch one swimming along the bottom and it will just vanish in front of you and you know it's there. And it's like, <laughs> my God, that thing is just... Have you had any um, any of them ever being aggressive to you or trying to get your fish or have any no. encounters like that? No, the closest I had was my mate Todd. We mm. were diving at home and, uh, yeah, he shot a mangrove jack. So yeah, we were trying to find this. Um, we we're trying to find this. Uh, There's a cave that goes right through this thing, under, undercuts and good for Moses perch and mangrove jacks. Yeah. Anyway, so he shot a nice. He found it first. We we're in the dirty water, like five meters viz, something like that. Normal home sort of bloody dirty diving. Anyway, so <coughs> he, he he's come out with the. Um, with a mangrove jack and said, oh, I've got a nice jack, I found the crack. Oh, you bastard, rightio, you got there first. So um, we're anchored about probably 25 metres away from, from it. Yeah. Um, shallow ridge comes up to about seven metres, only in about 11 or 12 metres water, so not, not, not deep water. And um, I said, okay, we'll go back to the, you know exactly where it is now, we'll go back because there's big Moses perch in there and I'll shoot myself a Moses perch. So I ducked in the thing, I just bang shot it as I come up with a Moses on the sharp kicking. And you go, oh, just like a huge grey white pull out on me, you know. <laughs> and he hadn't seen the shark come in, but he felt the water pressure pushing him and he looked up and the tail come round his face. <laughs> so it was like a big, big They can grey. turn on a dime so you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. And like a forklift. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, you know, you, you You've got to, um, you know, when the horse throws you off, you've got to get back on again. So we went about three, four hundred metres away and jumped back in for another dive. And Todd was going like, you know, like that. But he's no, he's no, uh, let's just, I won't mention any prominent surfers that have been known to be extremely traumatised by their little run-ins with great whites. But anyway, Todd was straight back into the water and... And I don't think he enjoyed the rest of, of the day, to be honest. But um, that's the only one that's been really aggressive. Yeah, right. There was another one I swam under in Port Stephens in really dirty water. It was like this piss yellow coloured water on the bottom, two metres viz. And I was sneaking up to my snapper spot and across the sand channel. And then the water was about four metres viz above it. And I come out of the, out of the yellow and I seen a white shark belly. I thought, oh, I, just, I hope that's a nurse, grey nurse just hovering there because it was hovering and you don't think of a white as like no they've always there. moving yeah. you always think of them as swimming so Crazy. i come up underneath this thing and he's just going Whoa, like that the whole shark has flinched and then he's just Whoa, like that he's got his nose up against my mask and then done a slow lap he's only a small one just over two meters a really really small great white and he's done a lap around me and then i had to go out to the surface and breathe and didn't see him again <laughs> He's charging you from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the best thing with sharks? If you don't see them, they're not there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is We don't see them that very often nah. because it's too dirty. <laughs> but, like, I think our advantage over surfers and, and, and like, enjoy your surfing if you're a surfer, mm. but we've got our faces in the water. At least sure. we can see. And you're armed. Yeah, and we're kind of, well, yeah, kind of. You I've are? Got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does make a difference, doesn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, I've, uh, you know, I've poked at quite a, quite a few sharks. I've got some nice footage from the Coral Sea where, you know, that's in crazy land, you know, where you've got 35, <laughs> oh, yeah, 45 yeah. grey reefies and some big silver fringe whalers and you're puckered. I mean, seriously puckered. And you can only got a limited amount of time of burling and then you have to stop and everyone's all back to back and it's hit the sharks. And you'll see the ones that you hit, they've got little white pencil marks. Dots on them, where the spear's gone through the skin. 
poke, poke, poke. Far and that's out. the little guys. There's four or five foot ones yeah. that are the most crazy because they've got to compete really hard with the big ones to get a feed. Mm. And they are just lunatics. Mm. And um, uh, shout out to Adam Adam Wood. We were on a charter out there and uh, he chopped a little, you know, there's always a bit of this thing like you don't want to fold too early. <laughs> But you need to fold early enough. <laughs> so Adam's on the burly, chopping, chopping. And a grey reef, he's come up and grabbed him by the calf. Holy moly. Yeah, holy. and we're like 200 miles out to sea, in the, deep in the Coral Sea at, um, at Marion. And, uh, yeah, that was a crazy day. So, um, yeah, they got excellent medical care on the Norcat and um, fixed him all up. And then we had to steam in. Close enough to chop a range yeah. and helicoptered him off the off the boat. Was that a life flight, RACQ life flight? Or? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got banged on the. I remember him in the stretcher. Yeah, they had the the morphine whistle and. I had the same with Wayne Judge when he stabbed himself. Yeah, yeah. The morphine yeah. whistle. He was fine, you know, yeah. with that until they banged him in the side of the helicopter trying to get, <laughs> get, get him in. But um, <laughs> yeah, you get pretty brave out there. So we. Oh, oh, this is. Great! I probably should. I don't even know if I should tell this story. You can edit this out if you think it's inappropriate. But anyway, because we weren't going to get a dive for the rest of that day, because we had to steam so far in and then steam back out to the reef, um, I said, "Oh, you won't get a dive in. It'll take too long." So we started drinking rum. As and, you do. And he's just rum and ice, you know, no coke or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> so I drink rum all the way in, and then we had a few laughs with him getting helicoptered off and high-fiving him <laughs> and stuff like that, and and. Um, yeah, pulling the dories in so that we could m- manoeuvre. Then I slipped over on the back and I banged a bloody screw on the deck through my elbow. Ooh. I didn't feel anything. You know, <laughs> a lot of anaesthetic. Anyway, so we steamed back out to the reef and we got there about 45 minutes before dark because it was light enough to have a spear. And I was like, oh, flogged. <laughs> James, unpleasant James flogged. <laughs> It's going absolutely off tap, right? So Dodgy, he's sober because he's a lot more sensible than I am. He's suited up. He's going to go in and shoot a green job fish. Oh, fuck, yeah, let's do it. So in the Speedos, I put about half a kilo of pilchers into my Speedos, put my dive gear on, got my gun, just masked all, no wetsuit. I swam down. I don't know what I did, about eight or nine metres, something like that. Yeah. I was just pulling these pilchers out like this, like throwing them into the water. And I got a job fish in and I shot this jobby and got him and got back out in the boat and Dodgy didn't get a job fish. <laughs> <laughs> so you can edit that out if you think that's doing the problem. I don't drink and dive. It's yeah, very, no. very dangerous and very stupid, but anyway. I, I'm just terrible. Like if I have a beer, even on the way back in and we try yeah. and dive a channel mark or something, I'm oh, just yeah. woeful. Yeah, yeah. My pathetic dive performance goes to even more pathetic. <laughs> so uh, it's just not good for you, and nah. it's very dangerous. And I, I don't do it. Like that's, I think that's the only time I really can think of um, yeah. diving. Uh, but if you dive. do, you'll get a job fish. That was your message. Uh, that's the way, <laughs> and that is the way to do it because they look at you and think, "What the?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> Equalising problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out the, either the Friends or Advanced Friends or video or the Mouthful and Deep Friends or Equalisation course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off 
any course at freedivingfamily.com. These courses are put together by Adam Stern and a select team of, of, of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better. And some of them are extremely relevant for freedive spearing. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Hey Shrek, holy smokes my big green friend, you guys have been smashing it over there. Every episode of the Noob Sparrow Podcast is full of actionable spearfishing info. Over here at Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same buddy. We just released a massive issue of Women in Spearfishing and we're ramping up for a holiday buyers issue right now. It's exciting times and I'm stoked that so many Noobers are submitting their adventures lessons learned and pictures here at spearingmagazine.com just wanted to say that noobers can get an international subscription at spearingmagazine.com also they can check out our in the face apparel or get a subscription to the greatest spearing magazine on the planet right here at spearingmagazine.com shrek love the noob spiro podcast this is jeremy from spearing magazine thank you my friend killfish with precision and power sending shafts from a stable platform with Killshot spear guns. Made in the Florida Keys by Ed Martin, you're buying American-made dependable spear guns. Get $30 off any Killshot spear gun at killshotspearguns.com. Yes and amen, Nuba. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at killshotspearguns.com. It says if they're in the shop or on the phone, they can cash in by saying, crikey, mate, or the Noob Spiro podcast sent me. Check them out at killshotspearguns.com, based in the Florida Keys. But more, more, more shark stories. So, um, yeah, Port Stevens, you're talking about the big ones and the little ones. So at work, we got to go and tag great whites, mm. um, which was great fun, in our local dive spot because there were so many there. Yeah. We'd drive along in the boat and visually spot them out of the boat and then throw them a bait, like a mullet, um, on, on a bit of wire and silver rope yeah. and a big boy, and we'd hook them, tow them out, put them in a stretcher and drill satellite tags into them and internal tag we, we tagged 10 in four days wow. so how did so okay you get your bait out sorry what's the process from there oh, yeah, okay so yeah you've got the bait hanging underneath a yeah. big poly ball yeah you know, big boy yeah polystyrene float hook it and then you just they they, they wear out really quickly they yeah got, they got no stamina great whites oh yeah you're not playing it for an hour or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah no yeah. old man in the sea type stuff yeah and then yeah take them out um take them out to to sea a little bit so you're because we we would be spotting them in two and a half three meters of water oh far out. yeah yeah that's how you can see them against the sea and they are smaller ones or bigger uh, ones the, as well the, we tagged them from 1.9 to about three and a half meters uh, yeah because there's that that old sort of chestnut that about sort of that two and a half metre, three metre size, they no longer really predate upon, you know, demersals and stuff like that. And they yeah. just go primarily for mammals and, you know, seals and, you know, that, small whales and stuff like that. They'll eat fish at any size, I reckon. Oh, yeah? They love fish. Yeah, they right absolutely on. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got some footage of us teasing the whites where we just tie a fish on the fishing line, no hook. And we just pop it along the surface, and we've got them just in a frenzy, just snapping with their jaws out of them, oh, you know, wow. hitting the boat. Like that Why don't they stuff. jump out here like they do in bloody South Africa? I know, it's good that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see six metres yeah. of great white, or yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it's five metres, like, full body out of yeah. the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, they just absolutely launch themselves yeah. over there. It's a real weird behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same ones, that go, they move 
I, from one side to the other, like Australia ones you'll see in South Africa. I don't think there's a lot of movement between South Africa and Australia. I don't think there's tagging that show them. They do go a long way. They certainly, ones we tagged, one went to New Zealand and back. They get New Caledonia too, don't they? They um, don't get up there, or is I, it too too far? I think they go... They go around the Horn of Africa, the African ones do. Yeah. They'll go right around... As far as from what I've seen, they will circumnavigate Africa, which is a huge continent yeah. in its own, right? But that, yeah, I don't know. And the ones in America go to Hawaii... Yeah. So, so you yeah. you sort of speculate they might have a couple of thousand kilometre range. Sort oh, of. And, and they'll go up to the our tropics. So one one went to Mackay, and yeah. back. So yeah, and the others all stayed locally around the around the area. Um, but when you're talking about the big one, the little one, mm. the one point nine metre one had been bitten all the way around the head by another one and had rake marks all the way around Jeepers. its head. And uh, yeah, yeah. I dare say that was a smarter shark. After yeah, that experience, after that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but um, but we used to go and drive along and and not for work, but we used to drive and jump over the side of the boat and try to film them and chase them, <laughs> and, and they are so timid. Yeah. It's very very hard to film them like that. Yeah. They do. They just want to get away from you. Yeah. Yep. So why do you, why do you think so? Just I just see you as a threat. Yeah, or a potential threat, a and potential they just threat. they yeah, yeah. they're like extremely risk averse. Yeah, I think yeah. they are. They're really, really, really uh, uh, cautious. I think mm. they switch to, like, you see them with a fish, like, they're in this full timid mode and hard to get close to, mm. and then the fish hits the water, and it's like they have a brain snap. They suddenly just go into full aggression. Is it blood or movement? Because every time I, you know, you're eking a fish and there's blood everywhere, and I'm freaking out thinking, is something going to come up from underneath me or over my shoulder? But Isaac was saying the other day that it's, it's not. It's more about their movement. 100% is a fish movement. Yeah, yeah right. It's that vibration the fish puts out that pulls the thing in the first place. Right. Yeah, you see, like, if you put a big blood slick out and run it for, yeah, you'll get sharks. And yeah. burley, if you cut up fish and make a big, long burley trail that the shark can run into, yes, yeah. that will bring sharks around for sure. But the thing that brings them in from a long way away before they can smell anything wow. is vibra- and fast is the vibration. Like, what happened to you? Yeah, you yeah. Know, that shark could have been, he could have been, could have been, away. yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have been quite, quite a distance away. And as he's heard that... And he knows what that is yeah, right. because these guys have been taking fish off people's lines. Yep. Now, our shark numbers here are completely out of control yeah. in the whalers. The, basically, the commercial fishery's pretty much been shut down, made it so difficult for them to land sharks that, you know, it's not worth it, but it's, it, there's just a massive amount of fish being taken by sharks. So they associate boats, divers, you know, struggling fish with do you reckon they, they get a Yeah, well, that. Do you reckon they get a, um, a sense for the, the shot? You know, like the twang ones you shoot. Oh, there are places like Flat Rock, yeah. Flat Rock at Ballina. Yeah. You go around, swim around the front of Flat Rock, and you fire the gun at nothing, and yeah. you'll have a bull shark in your face. Yeah, yeah, they have. So you shoot wisely. And, uh, certainly, I'm, I've heard stories. You need a silencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. A person told me in <laughs> Brisbane that uh, when they get the sharks too nasty and they just won't bugger off, doesn't matter how much poking you do, they've been putting rubber over top of their um, spears and just shooting. The yeah. sharks with the with the shafts, so yeah. that it's hitting them with power, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not penetrating them. Yeah, and then uh, that's having more um, effect on them than what yeah. they were doing previously. Yeah, yeah, rather than doing something else, which is maybe a little bit worse and killing them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's they learn behaviour though. Hundred yeah, percent, they yeah. do. Well, shark skin is a really weird stuff. Like it's it's like really firm up to a point. 
is firm up to a point, but then if you keep pushing, it suddenly just gives and goes right in, and you can easily put your flopper through it. So another couple of stories like that. New Zealand, a lot of problems with the big bronze whalers there. And they, they get very, very big, and, and they get very aggressive in places that get a lot of diving, um, especially out in the Coromandel, places like that. And... Um, yeah, we were at a place called Never Fail Rock, which is off the back of Great Mercury Island. Awesome, awesome diving, filthy, dirty water, lots of current and heaps of big kingfish. And um, my mate, the big rig, he's down about seven or eight metres and looks up and there's this bronzy coming from the surface, just snapping all the way. He hasn't shot a fish or anything. And all he's had time to do is just put his gun out to put it between him. And the bronzy's driven the shaft through its own bottom jaw. Oh, shit. And then ripped the shaft out of the gun and then swimming around, I was like, could you walk your dog somewhere else? Because <laughs> once the shark's gone through it and the shark feels he's, like, hooked up, his attitude's completely changed. It's like, shit, I've got to get, you know, myself out of this situation. So we were laughing, but my mate, he didn't have the big rig, didn't have a knife. You know, crazy. So poor old Pete had to go down and cut the shooting line. His shaft's like spaghetti by this stage. Yeah, yeah. Have you got a, a thoughts on that poor bloke that got smashed off the rocks in Sydney? Have you seen that? Oh, like, yeah, I've seen that, yeah, that, that, that for, footage. From, oh, from my point of view, horrific. it seems pretty, uh, from my limited understanding of shark behaviour, yeah. it seems pretty out of the ordinary. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, think, broad uh, daylight. Yeah. I mean, yes, there was fishing off the rocks. The we, the couple of mates yeah. of mine, we, we go in. That's exactly where we go in off that, that headland where the yeah. golf course is. Oh, it's just an awful, awful thing. I mean, oh, so the poor, poor family to it. And, and to, I, I, you know, to see something like that, to, you know, it's bad enough to imagine it, to see it. Oh, look, you know, incredibly bad luck, uh, um, yeah. I, I think. And the shark's probably mistaken him, you know, to see the splashing and what have you. So, yeah. I've, have you watched the video? Yeah. Because the shark goes back after yeah. it's done yeah. its first attack. Yeah. And then it actually properly eats him eats, alive. Eats him, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you could no longer accuse it of mistaken identity, particularly after that second one, because it only no. left a bit of his torso behind. No, that's like right. Like a proper ate him. Yeah, like, yeah. And, that, and yeah, uh, People have been eaten by by great yeah. whites. Yeah, it's sort of for me. It was a bit of a mythbuster, like yeah. it, as horrible as that sounds, because it's someone's life we're talking about. Yeah. But like previous to that, everyone's always told you that same old chestnut. They don't know what you are. It's mistaken identity. They bite you and then they bugger off. Yeah. That shark yeah. came back, and friggin' ate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like there was no yeah. doubt in my mind that that's what it did. It was eating him for food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it is unusual. Yeah. Because like you were saying, they're so weary, but. Yeah. Clearly, it just points out that there is this. They do have that ability, and like, it is definitely and it 100%, is possible. Yeah, and look, and I, that's that, that species. That was that was a great white, and I, I don't think that they tend to eat people, although they are responsible for killing a lot of people mm. over the years. Yeah, not not a hell of a lot. In, not in proportion yeah. to how many people are in the yeah, water yeah. for sure. Like it's very very unusual. But then there are other sharks, like a bull shark, will definitely try to. Eat you, yeah. Like that poor guy in Sydney Harbour that lived through it, the Navy diver, mm. that, that you know got multiple, you know. Oh, bites. that's the guy on Sea Spiracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So there's like, yeah, that, 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 they will definitely try to take you for food. Mm. A tiger shark, I reckon, is the sort of thing will try and eat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but tiger sharks, like, I've swam with a several over five metres yeah. and I've just had a good time you've been yeah yeah I'll, I'll tell you another story of a tiger shark we were at uh, Marion Reef again yeah. the land of the giants and um, the big rig was was uh, guiding my mate uh, Ian Powell and um, 
Anyway, we're swimming along and he goes, don't shoot any doggies until we get them right up close. And he's supposed to be guiding the prick. Anyway, <laughs> so as soon as the doggie's close enough in range, he goes down and plugs it <laughs> in front of everyone. Good on you. And you're guiding. <laughs> yeah, he was guiding, right? Anyway. What so, a guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going, oh, well, none of you guys shot it. He's like, fuck off, you know. Anyway, <laughs> he won't mind me telling this story. Yeah, he's got yeah, thick skin. Good. So anyway, another doggy come in about 30, 30 kilos. And we're in this channel at Marion, and it's just where the doggies run backwards and forwards. And um, anyway, so I've gone down and I've, um, I've shot this doggy. First fish of the trip I've shot, and it's gone screaming. I had a bloody little knot in my float rope. As it's gone through my hand, it's just caught for a second, and boom, popped the jink high, snapped the spear off, lost the fish. Ah. Like, Fuck. Throwing the gun back in the boat, because the boat, you got a boaty right there. And I've got my flashes. Rob Allen, like ladder flashes. Next mm. thing, a whaler swum through that, caught it, woof, ripped it out of my hand, taken them off. So I've lost my flashes. So I've got nothing. I've just got this camera. It's like, friggin' hell. This is like 15 minutes into the trip, you know, out there. You know? Far out. And um, I'm next to this big bikey Spiro. And uh, I'm looking along, and there's this tiger shark trundling along the one. It's like 50 metres viz out there. It's just crazy. Nowhere else is as clear as that. There's this tiger trundling along the bottom. And he looks up like this at me. <laughs> We're in a groove. And the thing just goes like this off the bottom. I went, all right. <laughs> oh, High speed charge. Oh, wow. Well, didn't I like a, you. Got a camera in my hand, nothing else. And this guy's next to me. And I just grabbed him and just pulled him in front of me. Because <laughs> he had the gun. And You're a bikey. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. And you this thing just did three screaming laps around us. Didn't like Christmas or something. I don't know what it was. And then he swam over to another group of divers and grabbed a loaded gun out of a guy's hands. Like come and grabbed the shaft and just whipped the whole gun out and went swimming around with a loaded gun in his mouth. So, yeah, they can be cranky. Yeah, right, yeah, eh? Yeah, Far yeah. out. We had a big one off um, Hutchie's Reef off Brisbane late last year. And I, I had a couple of divers with it. It was just, it looked like a big pregnant female. It was just huge, yeah, yeah. big girthy thing. Yeah. But it was just moving so slowly and chilled out. And yeah. It was just absolutely special to be in the water with it. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, they're amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one that I've... I know one, one other, um, Hixie, shot this cobia off the side of one. Like one. When they're swimming around on the bottom, I think they're a lot better. When they mm. come up on the surface, you need to be a bit bit wary of them. Mm. Anyway, Hixie's there, seen this big cobia on the side of the tiger. Bushka! <laughs> shot the cobia. <laughs> the tiger's gone, oh! Like, like it just frightened it for a second. It went out about, you know, seven or eight metres away and then turned around and went balls out trying to eat this cobia, eat us. Going crazy, so yeah, I'd, I'd shoot one off. I'd, I think I'd shoot one off a tiger, but every every time I see tigers, there's no cobia with them. Yeah, even yeah. the big bull sharks, I haven't seen a good cobia off a bull shark. Like, yeah, yeah but yeah, that hutchies though, the front of that reef sometimes stupid. It's good for seeing all sorts of crazy stuff like that. Yeah, so, I've heard that. I haven't. Yeah. It's one place I haven't done any diving. Mm. That area, Morton Bay, Morton Island, and North Stratty, and all, all that. That sort of area. So. You join the hundreds of other people that yeah. queue up to get yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't make... sound like my cup of tea. I hate yeah. going with lots of other divers. We're a little. You're a little bit sport down here. It's a little bit more sparsely populated than the major cities, sure. and you guys have got a yeah. nice long stretch of coastline with plenty of headlands, plenty of islands, plenty of reef offshore, truckloads. So you can spread your spearfishing efforts out quite a lot. Yeah. What's your yeah. typical range for local spearing? How, oh. how far do you like to travel for your dive? Oh, like a, a few miles at most, yeah, yeah. So we, I, I've got um, a four twenty Renegade with oh, a fifty yeah. on it, tiller yeah. steer. That's my little go-to boat. And if I go boat diving, 
Oh, I'll go two headlands up and the reef off that, which is probably about six six miles, or maybe down to um, near close to the Southwest Rocks. Um, oh, yeah. There's a nine mile run that that would do occasionally to to, to go down there, um, and that's a, and that's about as far. But look, usually I can literally go two or three miles and do all the reef that I want to do. There's yeah, I'm, nice. I'm driving over spots if I'm going more than that. Far out. Yeah. That, that's awesome. It's it's mainly finding enough is to dive. Mm. Why we have natural, we have good natural protection. We have lots and lots of dirty water, and um, and lots and lots of reefs. So to dive the area, people come and try to dive my home reefs, and they'll usually struggle. Um, not because they're not good divers, um, but if you don't know um, the, the reefs. There's the so much in. country. There yeah. is just miles and miles and miles of country. You've got to put the work in, the time. Yeah, and I understand. Where's unusual is like when the current is running from south to north. Is uphill. Our good, yeah, the uphill current. That's our good current. Um, and then, yeah, time of the year and, you know. Why is it good? What's the uphill current? Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I think it, uh, I'm not sure why, but it just is. It's just better for diving. It's not that yeah. you can't get fish the other way. It so just that, tends to bring that, out better water in. That's when the EAC sort of has an eddy. Yeah. So maybe it's bringing nutrients it's back hit, up. Yeah, no, I think it's it's hit it's hit southwest rocks and then it eddies back up through the giant bay and that okay. cleans up our country and and um, gives us a little bit of run. And we're lucky because I like to dive one out a lot, so we don't have a lot of current, which is really prevents you from diving one out if you have to drift dive. Yeah, I don't like dr- drifting along next to the boat, you know, and our country's not suitable really because, like I said, because there's so much reef, you get on the one good spot and you want to be within. 40, 50 metres of it. You don't yeah. want to go and swim half a kilometre of that country because you won't do any better than yeah. going from little good spot to little good spot. Talk about that for a little while. Like a lot of Spiros that I, like, for me when I was new and probably <laughs> I'm still new, but, you know, like even up to a couple of years ago, I would always just dive whenever I had enough surface interval. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're doing a drift dive or something. Yeah. I, as soon as I've got my surface interval, boom, I'm punching out a dive. Yeah. What I've kind of started to learn is that you're better off waiting. Yeah. Until you like, there's a clear point of structure, yeah. or there's an aggregation of For fish, sure. or there's multiple, you know, bait species or something like that. That yeah. you, your opportunities are going to be better. Like yeah. a lot of younger dives punch out great dives, but they're in the wrong spot. For sure. And they're yeah, not yeah. using their opportunities. Yeah. Correctly, yeah. Do you have rules about that for yourself in your own way of diving? I, I guess yeah, if you're doing drift dives, so um, yeah, timing the timing to hit the edge of the reef is yeah. is what you want to do. It's no use doing that big dive and then looking out and oh, there's the reef, and I've got no time when I go back up to breathe up if there's a lot of run. So yeah, um, a bit of that can there's things that can help, like talking to the skipper and say, can you position the boat in such a way that we have a good indication? Let's say it's too dirty to see where you're going to want to dive. Yeah. It's like, can you position the boat r- at roughly this? So you've driven over it. You've had a look at the sounder. You know what the structure is. You've had to talk about it. If you haven't dived it, you yeah. know. And so, like, can you give us an indication that like, roughly where you are is where the reef edge is? Or, or you're going to sit on – he's going to sit on the high point of the reef. So you can say, oh, well, I need to be, like, 100 metres before him. Yeah. And, and drop down, that sort of thing. So a little bit of planning. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, look, you can use marker boys, too. We, we do that occasionally. Um, drop in a, a, a little float. Okay. Um, with a, with a uh, small, like, very small reef anchor that you can straighten out and, and mark the spot yeah. that you want to drift. Yeah, righto. That, that, that's a really, really effective way. Because you know then where you're yeah, – especially yeah, if you're okay. going to do multiple uh, drops. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, there was a spot in Mackay, um, like wide off Mackay, um, that we used to dive that has incredible Spanish mackerel on it. I won't name it, <laughs> but incredible Spanish. But you couldn't see the bottom. I think it come out of 140 foot up to like 30 foot or something like that. And you want to be hitting that edge in about front 50, edge, the front yeah, edge. the front edge about 50, 60 yeah. foot. And, um, and you couldn't see it. But what you would see is different species of fish will be out the front. So the rainbow runners would be the widest out pelagic fish mm. so once you could if you saw a rainbow runner you could say right if i dive now or just as i'm into the rainbow runners yep. that's going to intersect me with that yeah i do that sometimes with sergios and fusiliers as well yep. particularly on that front edge it's a real art though isn't it like in terms of like yeah. body positioning too yeah. like do you face into the current or do you like to face down current when you're hitting a front edge if I'm doing a drift like that, yeah, I'll be uh, face down into the, you know, the current coming from behind me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be going with the current, looking at it, because that's the position that you want to be to do your duck dive yeah. in. Yeah, it's I'm the no most expert at, I'm no expert at no, this no, point, no, no, no. for sure. I'm, some good. other divers might go, oh, what, this dickhead doesn't have a no, clue no, what he's all saying. No, no, good. That's, but, why, but that's, that's why we have the conversations, because yeah. you just think about it. Yeah. And, um, like, sometimes, like, if you're, if it's coming out of, like, 120 feet or some shit like that to... Yeah. 40 feet like I'm not I don't want to do a 140 foot dive I don't, no. most days I'm not capable of doing that <laughs> yeah, well, I'm never I'm, capable of doing yeah, that. yeah so yeah. Uh, even in clean warm water where you yeah. feel comfortable diving a bit yeah. deeper and stuff like um so you get down do you level off and try and grab hold of some structure and if you're in ripping depend, current no it depends depends what you're chasing yeah so um Let's say Spanish mackerel, mm. you know, for us, I wouldn't go to the bottom for a start. Yeah. I try to be, um, I, I always reckon that about a third of the way off the bottom is probably where you're most likely going to see your, your mackerel and in front of the bait. Sometimes they the come bait. in on you when you're on the bottom too, though. They can do. Yeah, they can yeah. do. But you, you see percentage-wise, yeah, you're going to yeah. go percentage. Yeah, and if you're yeah. seeing them on a particular day and they're always on the bottom... Go to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. That's if a there's good a point. thermocline, um, go to just to the, to the top of the thermocline. Yeah, it's a good yeah. Point. So there's, there's there's all different things that will change how they are mm. on the day. So, hey, they can be on the surface. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, shit. They'll they'll do what they want to do. And you, yeah. I mean, part of the thing is don't have always have hard and fast rules. Yeah. In what you're doing, you need to You've look at the think day and and have use your initiative and, and adapt. Talk to each other. Mm. You know, good communication between the divers. Hey, where'd you see where'd you see stuff? Yeah. You know, and assuming they won't lie to you, then. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, like mackerel. I always reckon they're they spend more of their time, at least in our area, from mid mid water to the, to the bottom than the other way. Yep. Yeah. So okay. so, I like to um, when I'm shooting Spanish, when I'm not drifting, I like to sit probably two meters in front of the bait on the upcurrent side and be still. And are you a flasher guy? Um, not generally. Um, use throw flashes for spot it, spotty mackerel. Yeah. They're very, very effective on spotties. I don't think Spanish in New South Wales are as receptive to flashes as they are in Queensland. Okay. In Queensland, they definitely help. So, sorry. So, up current, sit still. Sit still. And what if facing, you're what facing into the in current? Face, facing yeah, into yeah. the current. Don't look back at the bait. Look at look out the front. But have the bait behaviour in your... Um, Periphery. Yeah, so yeah. the bait will tell you a lot about what's going on. If they whip, something's coming. Or if they tighten right up. Yeah, if they're nervous. If they're coming up to feed and then going down like this, or keep coming up and dropping, that's a very good sign that, yeah. there's, that they're being harassed. Yeah. Are there any marks on them? You know, you see oh, the odd yeah. one with the Scales few, in the water. A few marks on the fish. Yep. Something's been getting into them. Um, 
but they can still be really relaxed and still have Spanish come in. Yeah, yeah. But they always, the Spanish nearly always come on the outside of the bait. And when they want to take something, they'll, they do it super fast. If you've ever seen a Spanish grab something, you can almost not see it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, and it's, it's, it's all over. So sit there, look up into the current, try not to move around t- too much, um, float horizontally, um, wear a fluoro wet, wetsuit. Like if you really want mackerel, like bright blue wetsuit. Yeah, Larry Finns. Yeah, they want to come and have a look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, you're like the giant, giant um, flasher. I had a um, square, just reflective bit of card hanging off the handle of my roller, um, and that thing seems to work well. Just yeah. something to throw light yeah. while you're down there, yeah. particularly in midwater. Yeah, it seems to work good. Yeah, yeah. I had one come in on a, a huge mackerel come in on the five-inch shark clip in the float line, yeah. just like staring at it. You know, the boys yesterday were talking about like. Their mate will be on the bottom, and then they see mackerel come in. They don't want to dive on the mackerel because their mate's still down the bottom. And you can end up with that awkward position too where either your mate's shooting off at the bottom up at you or you're on the surface shooting down at your mate. So anyway, so they pull quickly unload their bands and drop their shaft down and let their flopper act as a, as a oh, bit yeah, of an yeah. attractor. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really... Yeah. Interesting and selfless way to dive as well, yeah, where you're yeah. really trying to put your mate N- on the fish. N- never experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> selfless and diving is not something yeah. I describe myself. But oh, I t- a good trick if you want a, um, a very loud, sharp noise, like unload one band and let it rip into the end of your gun and then reload it. If there's any Spanish around, they'll come over and try to see what that noise. Oh, yeah. uh, another great noise is the anchor of your boat. So where the anchors, you know, if there's a bit of swell and the yeah. chain's going clink, 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 clink up and down. Ah, yeah, that, they, that, like that, that too. they'll like they like that. Um, a trick I use for for getting Spanish to turn. So lots of people have this experience. You're trying to get close to the Spanish to shoot it, and they're especially in cleaner water. They're staying that little bit out of range and when you you can sometimes you can just sprint them down and chase them they'll back themselves to get away from you so you can sometimes just close the gap but another thing i do is just stop and just do one two really hard strum of the bands and dead stop and not let them keep going and they'll keep going and then they'll turn yeah and then they'll glide back past you and give you a shot so that's another good trick for that's probably a 50 percent yeah i run Yesterday, just bug it off for me though. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried everything. He he wasn't turning. It was about only about seven or eight kilo, but cheap as it was, weary. Yeah. Definitely. If I if I was if I'd had my gun in position when I looked up and saw him for the first time, I, yeah. I, it was in range. But then as I got my gun sort of stretched out to take the shot, he was just on the edge, and I was just like, Nah, he'll turn and come back. Nah, he didn't. Especially the small ones. They're way way harder to get than the big ones. Mm. The Twenty kilo one will just cruise up to. It was like. You looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, I am actually. <laughs> you know, they're, they're confident, real cocky sort of fish. They like eye contact too, Spanish, you know, compared to a lot of other fish. Yeah. You know, they, they don't mind a bit of a challenge. Oh, at that times, you know, they can be peaky as well, but sometimes they're just like just staring straight at them and being really big and visible in the water is just like, you know, they can't help themselves. Yeah. Got to come over and. What are you? What are you doing, yeah, yeah. mate? This is my spot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, now they're nice. awesome. They're one of my favourite fish to hunt. Oh, I love, I, eating. Love I love I love eating them. them. Yeah, everything about them. They're so easy to prepare. Like they fill it, just magic fill it. Huge meat recovery. Very little waste. Um, yeah. We're going to probably chat again tomorrow, James. Um, I was going to say for for um, for this episode, like we're day two, Cam. Yep. 
Tomorrow's day... Th no, no, we're day three. three. Oh. We're day three. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day two, we shot a kingy that we're going to do a masterclass with on Friday with Jai Gibbons. Tomorrow we're doing lobster three ways with you. We're going to do some smoked Spanish as well. If people want to find out more about those uh, masterclasses and stuff, go to noobspiro.com. Um, what's your YouTube channel again for people's Catch reference? it. Grow it, cook it. Catch it, grow it, cook it. Yep. And those big lobster um, yep. check, ones. Check the Lobster Boys video out. There's yeah, a whole yeah. series of them yeah, yeah. from last year. And um, we're just about to start um, filming again. So we'll be back into all the lobsters. Lots of different species. Lots You've, of techniques. James has got a couple of videos up there too. Like if you're an aspiring Spiro, like there's how to hunt Australian snapper. Um, absolute cracker episode. Um, he's a self-professed not a good diver. I'll, I'll tell you, it's a bit of bullshit. But what he really tries to do is teach you techniques that you can use at any level in your diving. And um, some very interesting demersal reef hunting um, videos there on his channel. So check that out. Otherwise, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, day four. And we'll see what mischief we get up to, I reckon. Hey guys, uh, next week we continue our journey down the east coast of Australia. Next week it's talking about advocacy and representing spearfishing at a political level and how we can all kind of just do our bit to make sure that we preserve our access and um, be part of the, the voice that helps shape policy and things in, in your area of the world. Um, just ask people in parts of the world where spearfishing has been banned or severely restricted. You, you, you need, we, we need to be proactive and it's a great conversation, very motivating, practical steps to do so. Simon Horvath joins me as we head down to the Central Coast and then onwards for part four and five, eventually in Sydney with Gunther. But um, you've got a massive couple of weeks coming up. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with James Sacker. Check out Catch It, Grow It, Cook It on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. James is an absolute legend. Hope you're enjoying this series. If you want to support the podcast even more, go to noobspero.com, buy a shirt, jump on patreon.com forward slash noobspero, consider signing up there. As usual, your support is highly, highly appreciated. I absolutely love it. Today I got to send out emails to everyone that backed 99 uh, Spero recipes on Kickstarter. The digital book is finally available. Uh, it's at this stage it's only really available to the people that back the project but I'm looking forward to delivering all the rewards to the people that got on that project and don't worry if you didn't get there in time the book will be available more widely soon so hey that's it for me Shrek over and out see you next week or two weeks for advocacy with Simon Australia East Coast part three see you then Have you visited neptonics.com? If you are building spear guns, I bet you have. They have got a huge assortment of top quality components for gun builders. Not only that, but they sell all sorts of equipment. They are the one-stop shop for all spearfishing essentials, particularly in the USA. They also have free shipping on orders over $99 in the USA. And a great deal for Noobers today, you can save 10% off your entire order when you use the code NOOB10 at checkout. Go to niptonics.com, use the code NOOB10, 10% off. 
Today's episode was an absolute banger, and so is our major sponsor, Adreno. Visit them at adreno.com.au. They have a huge range of equipment. You can find it at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpirit checkout when you shop online. You can save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can even use that code in store at some of their huge mega stores Australia wide. Price be guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpirit. 